Hey everyone, it's Maria here, and on behalf of Simon and I, I would like to welcome you to the Everyone Church podcast. This Sunday was Mother's Day, and it was our first in-person Mother's Day service, which was super exciting, super cool, and I just want to wish every mum out there that's listening, visiting part of our church, happy Mother's Day. We love you. We honour you. We thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And we wouldn't be here without our mums. So happy Mother's Day. I hope you had a wonderful day. I did have the honour and privilege of sharing the word at our in-person service. And here is your podcast version. Let's get into it. Today, we are looking at Mark chapter 5. Here we see Jesus has begun his ministry. He has called his disciples to follow him and has begun performing miracles and teaching in parables about the kingdom of God. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus had just calmed the storm and also delivered a demon-possessed man to his right state of mind. He was then approached by a man by the name of Jairus, who was a leader in the local synagogue. He was asking Jesus to come and heal his sick daughter. On the way to his house, large crowds gathered around Jesus, following him through the town. And we pick it up from verse 25. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone from him and so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Faith, bold and desperate faith. This is what I will be talking with you about for the next couple of minutes. This lady who had suffered for over 12 years had bold and desperate faith. She stepped out and because of her faith, she was made well. What are you holding on to faith for? Do you have a need, a health condition, a loved one that needs salvation, a dream, something that needs an interaction and an intervention from Jesus? Do we have bold, desperate faith for these things? In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, more often than not, we can read or hear this scripture and think, okay, if I just believe confidently enough in my mind about something that I am hoping for, but am yet to see come to pass, then this is faith and surely I will receive what I am asking from the Lord. 
I know I have thought this way about faith in the past, but I had a deeper look into what Paul is saying here in Hebrews. You see, this is more a statement about what faith does rather than a definition. What it is saying is that I am convicted of truths. Though I may not have seen them, I am convicted of their existence. For example, magnets. I can see the effect as I bring opposite metals together and watch them attract. And so I believe in the magnetic force. But while I cannot see it, I see the evidence of it. And the same is for wind. We cannot see wind, but we can see the effects of wind. We see the trees and the leaves blowing. We see the dust that's being carried. We see the evidence of it. We can also feel wind. And the same principle exists for God. I can feel the presence of God. I can feel the power of God. I can feel the love of God. And I see the evidence of God's existence and thus faith. Though I have never seen God, the evidence of his existence creates faith in my heart. Therefore, faith is a conviction by the Holy Spirit that the word of God is true. See, faith has brought us to Christ and faith keeps us in Christ. Therefore, as I journey as a Christian and grow in the love and knowledge of Christ, I build my belief that God Almighty is sovereign and faithful and he is able to bring into being all that he has planned for our lives. And if this is so, then I believe God's word when it says that I can bring my request before him, Philippians 4.6, and that he hears my prayers, 1 John 5.14, and that he can heal, Psalm 103, deliver, Psalm 34, save, Psalm 68, and do the impossible, Luke 18.27. Amen. You see, faith is not positive thinking or confession. You know, faith isn't something we can work up in our minds or emotions. If I think confidently enough, it will happen. No, faith is assurance in God's existence, the security of his faithful character and the evidence of his word and his promises. So what do you need from the Lord today? I believe God is wanting to remind us of these desires, these needs and dreams and to not neglect our faith in him for these things. Will you be bold and desperate in your faith, in your belief in presenting it before our Savior today? You know, when we look at this woman's story in Mark chapter 5, we can learn a few things about bold faith. Number one, there is a need. This lady had a need. A need that lasted 12 years. And what we know is that she likely had a medical condition that caused her to lose blood from her womb for over 12 years. Visiting all the doctors over all those years caused her to be broke without any money. And we know that what the law says in Leviticus, that her condition of blood loss made her unclean within the Jewish community. Everything and anything she touched was unclean. She was not permitted to handle money or food or attend the services in the synagogue. She really shouldn't been physically close to anyone and certainly not in a crowd. So her need was physical healing, but it was also healing of her soul and her life. So she could again participate and live in community with her people. And what she did exposing others to her uncleanliness was a crime. It was punishable by law. And this is why she couldn't ask Jesus for healing openly. Instead, she risked her life 
to access her healing. Now that's some bold, desperate faith. What is your need today? Have you brought your need to Jesus? My faith is an expression of my relationship with Jesus. It's developed by spending time in prayer with him, living our lives in obedience to God's word and trusting in his sovereign ability to bring about his plan for my life. If that's the case, then how is your relationship with Jesus going? Are we spending time with him daily? Are we thinking about him? Or do we allow the worries and routines of life to just get in the way? What is your need that you are believing God for? Number two, faith does not give up. Sometimes faith can be weak because complacency is ruling our agenda. In Luke 18 verses 1 to 8, Jesus tells the story of a persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor care what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she eventually won't come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what this unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Do we sometimes give up? Do we stop asking, stop seeking, stop believing? Maybe too much time has passed. Or it just looks like an impossible situation. I mean, some people can be really difficult to change. Am I right? But what did we say before about faith being assured of God's word and his promises? His word says in Luke 1.37, For nothing, nothing will be impossible with God. Are we assured of this? This widow didn't give up. Neither did our lady who had her 12-year condition. 12 years is such a long time. And though she had tried everything, she tried again when she heard about Jesus. And if we allow it, our faith can grow and develop and speak out of an experience of waiting, suffering and testing. How long have you been waiting for something? for that child, for that spouse, for that financial strain to be lifted. Well, today I encourage you, don't give up. Keep praying, keep believing and keep trusting God. Sometimes it is the powerful battles of faith which are fought over a long period of time. You know, um, our son, Roger, who turned three back in March, loves Paw Patrol. And our neighbor has a daughter who's about the same age, and she also loves Paw Patrol. And she has some of their vehicles and including this big, huge truck, which Roger loved playing with one day. And he was absolutely devastated when we had to come home. So in the many Many months leading up to his birthday, he was asking, pleading, reminding any chance he could get for his own Paw Patrol vehicles and that truck. He 
apologetically and boldly requested this over and over to me, to Simon, to grandma, to grandpa, aunties, anyone, that this is what he wanted for his birthday. He would even show me on TV when it came up, like, that's the one I want, mum. He pursued, he asked, he hoped, and he was bold about it. And to his pure joy and delight, of course, mum and dad answered his wishes with a poor patrol truck and vehicles for his birthday. Now, I know that is quite trivial, but you get the point that when there's something we want, really, really want or need, we should stop at nothing in seeking God for it. Matthew 7 verses 9 to 11 says, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Ask him and do not give up. Number three, fear can get in the way of faith. If we go back to the woman, it says in verse 33 of Mark 5 that she was frightened when Jesus was asking about who had touched him. She knew she was going to be made known. She knew what she was risking, her very life, not only to be amongst people in a crowd, but also to be touching another person. But she didn't let fear hold her back from having faith and receiving her miracle. How many times do we give up on things because we're afraid? You know, fear is a real thing people experience. Your fear and feeling of fear is valid. It's okay to feel fear, But it's not okay for fear to hinder our faith in God. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called faith, then would it? If we believe and we trust what God's word says, then like this woman, we should not stop pressing forward towards Jesus. You know, I experience fear. My biggest fear is actually spiders. (laughs) There's something to know about Maria. But you know what? This church plant has been a desire and a dream for both Simon and I for many years, and we are confident that God has called us to this. However, that doesn't stop us from feeling fear from time to time. I mean, there was fear when we had to leave our home church and do something new in an area that we didn't know very well. There's fear about whether anyone will come, fear if it'll work out, fear about finances. And I can feel all those things because I am human. But what I have a confidence and insurance on is who God is and what his word says. Therefore, Simon and I have stepped out in faith to plant this church for Jesus, despite any fear we might have. We are obeying God's direction for our lives. Abraham believed God and he obeyed him and had faith that he would have his own son and many descendants, despite his wife being old and unable to childbear. He had faith and obeyed once he finally had his son and then God asked him to go sacrifice him, although God didn't let that go ahead and he provided a lamb for the sacrifice instead. But I'm sure Abraham felt unsure, uneasy, perhaps even fear of what others may think, what his future might turn out like. However, because he knew God, he had faith. He believed and trusted in God's sovereign ability to bring forth his plans in his life, regardless of how it happened. Do you know we can have bold faith in spite of feeling fear? How? How can we do this? Because we've received Jesus. 
It says in Hebrews 4 verses 14 to 16, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, but he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. What are we needing and praying for today? Let's continue to go to Jesus with it and not give up or let fear affect our faith. And lastly, faith pleases God. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, it lists all these people from Noah to Moses and Rahab and many more who had bold faith in God. But in verse 6 of Hebrews 11, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith, it's belief in him and his existence, and this pleases God. It is not a coincidence then that Jesus healed in response to the woman's faith. It wasn't his robe that made her well. It wasn't that she touched him. No, Jesus said in verse 34, daughter, your faith has made you well. But also remember that Jesus was actually going to Jairus' house to heal his sick daughter. And while Jesus healed the woman, Jairus' daughter died. I can only imagine how Jairus must have felt in that moment. But Jesus looked at him and we know in verse 36, he said, Don't be afraid, just have faith. And he also healed his daughter and he raised her back to life. A similar event happened in Matthew chapter 8 when Jesus healed the centurion's servant. It says in verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And later in verse 13, he said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Their faith impressed and pleased Jesus. But in contrast, Jesus arrived at his hometown in Nazareth just following this. We read in Mark 6 verses 5 that because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Or in the NIV, it says he was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, it's not that Jesus couldn't perform miracles because he is the son of God and I'm sure he is more than able. However, the people's lack of faith, the level of their unbelief and lack of relationship with him and trusting God clearly impacted Jesus's work. They didn't trust that he was truly the son of God. Instead, in verse 3 to 4 of Mark 6, it says that they were actually offended by his ability because, hey, isn't he just a carpenter? You know, the son of Joseph and Mary? Unbelief. No bold, desperate faith. In Matthew 17, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. If you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. 
Now, I have tried that before. (laughs) I've looked at a mountain. I've told it to move. But Jesus here isn't necessarily talking about the quantity of faith. How can faith be quantified anyways? But it's more about the quality. The quality of the small mustard seed must be high in order for it to produce the huge tree of growth that it does. And it's the same with the quality of our trust and dependence of God. Now, what if the woman hadn't received her physical healing that day? Or what about all those unanswered prayers and desires that you were thinking about right now? I had faith for those, Maria. Was my faith not of good quality? Did I not believe enough? Was my faith not as pleasing to God as that woman's was? The existence of faith does not depend on physical circumstances changing or emotional needs being met, but on a revelation of the Holy Spirit to our hearts and our minds of who God is and that he has more than enough to enable us to fulfill his plan for our lives. God in his goodness and his grace is pleased by our faith, regardless of whether we receive the answer to our need and prayer in the way we think or expect it to happen. Our faith pleases God full stop. Therefore, let it be bold and display the level of belief we have in him because this is what pleases God. And who knows, this could be the end of your 12 years. Not only because it's about getting what we want, but because we are assured and confident about the evidence and the existence of God. Amen. There will be times when God takes Time to heal, time to respond and answer our prayers. This woman had a 12-year journey of faith. And as I said in the beginning, what I sense God is after today is our boldness and obedience to keep believing and keep exercising our faith regardless of whether we've received it or not. He doesn't want us to give up or slink back in fear or even forget. He wants us to push forward through the crowds in fear and touch him. Interestingly, the word touch from Mark 5 when Jesus asked, who touched me, comes from the Greek word haptu, which means to fasten or to cling to. When Jesus asked, he was not referring to the act of someone putting their hand on him. What Jesus was really asking was, who clung to me with their whole being in unwavering faith? You see, this woman was in a desperate situation and this was her absolute last resort and opportunity to be healed. So of course she clung to God in faith. Will you continue to cling to God in faith today? Will you be bold in your belief, knowing God is our faithful and just father? Come on, God is good. He's full of mercy and grace, and he's more than able to meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that we have received into our hearts today. I pray for anyone that may be waiting on you, Lord, for an answer to prayer, for a need to be provided for, or even those of us who have a dream to do something great in life for you, Jesus. We shake the dust off these and we represent them to you, Jesus. For you alone have the power and the ability and the love to heal where healing is needed, to bring peace and restoration to families, and to save those who need salvation. We do not let fear hold us back. 
but we instead have bold faith because we are confident that you exist, Lord, that you are a good, faithful God and that you are more than able to bring into being all that you have planned for our lives. And I also pray for anyone who may be listening who may not know you yet, Jesus. I pray that they would know that you died on the cross in their place and that in you rising again, you offer us forgiveness and eternal life. You said that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. Therefore, Lord, I pray for anyone who may need to, that they would make that their own prayer today in Jesus' name. Bless your church, Lord, and bless every mum this Mother's Day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I pray you have a wonderful blessed week and come, hey, join us for in-person services, 10 a.m. on Sundays, upstairs of the Juicy Goose Cafe. Thank you. So love me the way